Hey guys, we got a great show for you today. We're going to talk about a bunch of things, including the huge earthquake that happened in the north of Japan. We got like 15 stories about that. We're also going to talk about, you know, more Ukrainian refugees entering Japan. We're going to talk about how the immigration doors might be opening soon. Might be, might be, might not also be. Uh, we're also going to talk about how a campsite discriminated against same-sex couples by having a stupidly worded rule. Okay. Roll that intro. Dun, 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 dun. We should talk a little bit. Oh, yeah. I forgot we talked over yeah, the we, intro. Yeah, we do. We do. How you doing today, Mitch? Well, I hung out with somebody today that I hadn't seen in a long time. My, that, that person might make a secret little appearance at the end of the show, so maybe you should watch to the very end on YouTube. Oh, who could it be? So it was kind of fun. We had some laughs. Live. <laughs> laugh. Love. Was, was there love? No. Oh, okay. Probably not. How are you, Mr. Engaged? I'm good. Good? Still engaged, too. Still engaged? Yeah. yeah. She didn't break up you yet? Not yet. That's how you do it. See, I, I, I did it wrong, right? Oh, dude, the thing we were supposed to talk about last week, we're going to talk about it this week. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. What 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 thing is that? There was something that I wanted to rant about last week. Oh, at the end of the show last week that you were... Totally forgot about at. that last week, but we're going to do now. Maybe not now. Maybe later. Because it's kind of ranty. It's going to be a hot take, guys. So it'll be later kind of thing. Anyway, how, hey everybody, this is Small Talk Japan. We talk about Japan stuff in English. We I'm do. Mitch, you are? Josh. Nice to meet you. N nice to see you. Nice. Hey, dude, they say that. Don't say, guys, pro tip, pro life tip, never say nice to meet you in English. Yeah? Why is that? Well, because if you're like me and you don't remember people. That's true. So you just always say, oh, nice to see you. It's nice to see you. Now, Mitch's approach is like whenever he sees, whenever someone approaches Mitch and they're like, oh, Mitchy, he's always like, oh, hey, wow, you lost weight. Even though he has no idea who that is. No idea who you are, but you lost weight. Good, good on you. And then like sometimes you're like, no, I got fatter. I'm like, I don't know who you are. Other times they're like, oh, we've never met. I just know you from TV or radio. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> didn't you get it? Like somebody told you one day, it's like, oh, I saw Mitch and said hello to him. And he was like pretended he was like pretended he knew who i was but he doesn't know who i am yeah <laughs> was, i think it was one of our students like uh in the adult program that i teach i i showed them a picture of you and then i think the following week they were like oh yeah i said hello to him and then he pretended like he knew me <laughs> i'm sorry like it's just this so okay one everybody's wearing a mask okay so that does not help and then two it's like I, you know, when so many people know me but i don't know them or like maybe i met them once and it's like Especially in Japan, if like everybody's default, you know, like race when they're born is Japanese, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden you've got this like Super Saiyan blonde thing over here. Yeah. It's really easy to remember that. You, that, pay, you paid to win for your character? I, I, I paid for DLC. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really easy to remember that, but it's really hard to like, you know, the other way around. Right. So like I'm not trying to be like an elitist dig or anything. I just cannot remember that capacity of people. Although I did have a similar situation the other day that I was kind of surprised by. Really? It was in a, a level check, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, I was doing the level check and then we did the whole thing. And then at the end of it, there's like my self-introduction. I'm like, okay, hi, uh, my name is uh, Joshua Kenzo Morinaga. Uh, please call me Josh. And then they looked at me and they were like, are you on UFM's Cheers? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. She's like, I listened to that show and that's why I wanted to learn English. Oh, nice, nice. And they're probably going to be a student if they can find 
uh, what do you call it, a time slot for it. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. But it was the first time I've had someone recognize me from Cheers, the, the radio show. The best thing about the radio show is because we do a re- radio show on the uh, big FM station here. And uh, like the best thing about it is because it's recorded and then it's played in nighttime on a Sunday. Okay. I will be in an izakaya drinking somewhere. Right. And just be talking to somebody. And then all of a sudden I hear my own voice yeah. from like the kitchen. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? It's like you. Okay. So from my perspective, the radio is something that I have to do is like a job. So I go there, I talk to the people who are all of my friends and then we're done with it and it's done. I never actually listen to the show. Right. Right. And so I never consume it. So I don't think about it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so like when I hear it as a show with like background music, it's all produced and everything. I'm like, what the hell is this? It's weird. Yeah, it is. I I went to my dad's house once and just by chance he was listening to the show. So like I walked, I entered his house and then I heard your voice. I was like, what the hell? Why is Mitch in my dad's house? <laughs> yeah. No, so it's like, it's weird. And then like also when I was on TV, I mean, I, I quit the whole TV thing. Finally, they let me go because they canceled the show. <laughs> No, seriously. Okay, here's a hot take on this. Okay, so Japanese TV, it's great. Um, so I, I did this TV show for four, five years, I think it was. After the first year, I was like, can I quit? So in Japan, you have to actually ask to quit. I mean, you could quit, quit, but it's like really frowned upon. Yeah, for like all jobs, right? Like you have to ask permission to quit, right? No. Not really? Not no, all jobs? No, no. Oh, I thought it was a thing in Japan where you have to like ask to quit. Oh, no, no, no. In Japan, I see. I, I thought you were talking about the whole world. Yeah, in Japan, basically. Oh, yeah, 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 in you, Japan. Oh, I mean, like the the verbiage is like "yame sasete kudasai." Please allow me to quit. Yeah. And so, like, you can just quit. Okay. I mean, that's legally you can do that, but it's a really frowned upon thing. Right. So anyway, after a year of doing TV, I was like, "This sucks." I mean, it was it didn't suck. It was actually a lot of fun, but it was really really hard on me physically because it was like, wake up at three o'clock in the morning and go to this convenience store and buy these things and stand outside, and it's not like, and then they just run up on me with fucking camera crew and lights and shit. And they're like, you look hungover. I'm like, I am hungover. It is 3.30, so I'm still drunk. Yeah, you're like, I'm not hungover. I'm still drunk. (laughs) (laughs) And then they're like, all right, get in the van. We're going somewhere you don't know where we're going. You're going to meet some people you don't know. And then we're going to talk about some, some, like, I don't know, company or business or something that you don't have vocabulary for. (laughs) I'm just like, great, let's do this. So after doing that for a year, I'm while running my company. I mean, at that point, I only had one company, so you know, didn't have two. But like while running my company, they're like, like that. And the thing is, is every time I, this is I like humble brag, sure. But every time I was on TV, like the the rating would go up because again, it's like, what is this thing speaking Japanese on TV? So people watch, and um, so they're like, let's because the the agreement when I got on TV was that I was going to be on for one t- one hour a week. So I have to go to the location, they shoot the video, they edit it, they make seven minutes of video. And then I go to the station, we do the live broadcast, we introduce the video, we talk about it, blah, blah, blah. So that was the the agreement. And then suddenly that turned into like 15 locations a week. 15? No, like it was like every day, some days two locations. And they knew that like my working hours were basically from the afternoon to the evening because like that's the the time that the school runs. Right. And so like, so they would just make things earlier. Like I said, like 3, 2 a.m. So it's impossible to sleep. I didn't sleep. I didn't sleep at all. So I told them after the first year, I was like, guys, this is killing me. I can't do this anymore. And they're like, why don't we reduce you down to one time a week? I'm like, like you guys told, told me that you were going to do it originally. And they're like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. And that worked for about a month. And then I went back to having crazy hours again. And then the producer changed. And then I just stopped picking up my phone. 
So I like I had this one corner, this one. It was called Hello Hello Michi because of course it was in Japan, and so like that was the only because the I'm a personal friends with the director of that. That was the only phone call that I answered. Everything else I would just like refer to the staff and they would pick it up and be like, oh, he's busy. And just kind of run away from it at that point. Anyway, they never let me quit. And at the very end, let's just say that the uh, the main MC of the show was maybe doing things that he shouldn't be doing and stuff. Why are we talking about this? I don't know. Oh, the recognizing people thing? Yeah. Right. Oh, right, 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 right. So so anyway, you go to a location, you film, and then you, you play it on TV, right? So every now and then I would be like, I'd be like walking around and see like videos of me on TV and doing, because they're always, always doing stupid shit. And it's just, it's, it's weird because it's like that person on TV, first of all, is like dressed and acting differently than I normally do. And it's just like, it's out of body experience. It's just like, wow, this is weird. You know what I mean? Oh, I've never been on TV, so You've no. never been on TV? No, you were the one time. We put you on TV doing the ramen thing. I wasn't in the company for that. You weren't there for that? No. Hmm. How long have you worked for me? For six years, one month, and five days. Six days. Okay. I should remember these things. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I was on the on TV once when they had the like some kind of American corner thing, and they came to the school with uh, Komamon. And oh yeah you were literally on on screen for two seconds saying josh hawaii or whatever you yeah, said something like that i have the video of that we can we can put that in the in, the, in small talk if you want maybe in a future episode <laughs> <laughs> i just don't want to edit it <laughs> josh had a pretty epic week so he's tired so you know okay so here we go let's 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 hit the news and we'll we'll do like my ranty thing later so here we go. There was, if you guys didn't uh, hear about this, a couple days ago there was a big earthquake in northeastern Japan. It was a. This is uh, this is always the hard thing for me. So, it's a seven point four on the Richter scale, which is the international one, and then there's like the Japanese one, which is always like one digit lower. Because I'll say like Shindo Yon, and it's like a magnitude five earthquake. So it's like, it's always one number different. They have two systems. It's like the Japanese system and then there's like the international system. Anyway, so there's like, unfortunately, this this quake was huge and you can see you can see video of it all over. Uh, there's actually one Twitter video that we have that um, Josh will put into this the the, the, um, the show here on, on YouTube where like this guy is just riding around on a bike and all of a sudden the whole lights just go off. It just looks like somebody boom, 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 like shut down windows. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched a bunch of the videos on the earthquake, but it's pretty terrifying. Yeah. I mean, in the middle, it was in the middle of the night. Yeah. Like, I was just getting ready for bed. It was, like, close to midnight, right? Yeah. 11, I, I, got a, I got a text from uh, our VP, and she was like, oh, my God, there's an earthquake in northern Japan. And I was like, I'm drunk as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But, like, so, like, three people, unfortunately, you know, lost their lives, and 180 people were injured. But there's, um there's... More to the story. There's a lot of little stories that came out of this that I kind of want to mention today. One of the, just really quick with the damage. Uh, the quake also called, caused power outages in northern, northeastern and eastern Japan, affecting a total of, of more than 2.2 million households, including some 700,000 in Tokyo, according to the TEP, TEPCO power grid. If you guys uh, remember the word TEPCO, there's a reason for that, because they were the ones that were always in front of the camera talking about the Fukushima nuclear disaster. And because of the location of this earthquake, there was a lot of, uh, let's say, fear that the, mm. the already damaged and kind of not really fixed Fuk Fukushima reactor might do, you know, have something happen. But luckily, nothing happened, or at least nothing is in the news of anything happening. I don't know if that's the same thing, but should be. 
Right. So I want to talk about one uh, thing that is really cool, and then you have two t- uh, earthquake stories. But one thing that Japan has gotten really good at is like earthquake proofing things. Yeah, right. Ever since, what was it, like the 60s or 70s or something? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. After the Kobe earthquake. Kobe was totally in the 90s, but cool. Oh, was it? Oh, sorry. Anyway. <laughs> no, I mean, like, they, they've always had earthquakes here. Uh, this is, you know, Japan, if you guys don't know this, it's on the Ring of Fire. And so they have volcanoes and earthquakes and everything. And so... Um, They've always they've always known that this is a thing that they need they need to look out for, and so uh, their building codes here are crazy. If you look at the buildings, they're actually there's like brutalism concrete. Uh, the building codes here are really really crazy, and so like usually when there's really giant earthquakes and stuff like that, uh, there's really um, surprisingly little damage. Uh, and one of the things that they learn how to do is because if you're like if you're gonna have the fastest trains in the world. You might want to have a plan for when the earth gets all shaky shaky. Right. So. Uh, a company, uh, not Tepco, a, com- a company that I actually like, JR. They created this thing. It's called JR East. Also developed special metal fittings following the 2004 knee got the derailment. The L-shaped fittings on the trains catch rails during events such as such as earthquakes, minimizing the amount of movement and risk of de- derailment or collision with other objects along the tracks. Now, unfortunately, this last uh, this last earthquake, there was a, de- a Shinkansen, which is the bullet train, did derail, but no one was uh, seriously injured. It's like no injuries. So um, it did derail, but it stayed where it was supposed to do. It didn't like, you know, fold up or, you know, wreck or whatever. It's, and, and so they really figured this out. Is there information on like, was that uh, Shinkansen moving at full speed at the time or? It says, I think it was moving at full speed at the time. Um, and then... So it says the early detection and emergency brake systems have already proved. So they have these really cool systems where they have monitors for uh, seismic monitors on the ocean floor outside of Japan. Um, If you guys don't know anything about earthquakes, the speed of an earthquake is actually a lot slower than the speed of electricity. The speed of uh, speed of electricity is basically the speed of light. Um, And so. Uh, there was actually a comic, a web comic that that pointed this out. Like, if there's an earthquake in, like, say, California, and you could feel it in Utah, people will take to Twitter and start tweeting about it. And so, people in Utah will know that there was an earthquake and it's coming their way before the earthquake comes, and like, like well before. And so, they have all these early detect uh, detection systems. Um, we have all of our phones have an app that's installed in them. Um, I think maybe by law. That makes your your phone into a scary, scary device. Oh yeah, I I know that they have it like in a bunch of different countries, but the Japanese one, I don't know, it's really weep, scary. Weep, weep. I I hate the sound of that. Have you ever been on a train when everybody's like phone goes off? Oh yeah, I have in uh, Tokyo when I was in Tokyo. That's I a horror movie right yeah. there. It's like traumatizing. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's a, there's two there's like woo, woo, woo. That's, that's when there's an earthquake there's another one it's like it's I can't I don't remember the sound of it but it's like when there's floods and stuff like that and it's just like it's so loud the the other one the weep 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 one isn't as bad the other one is like a very ominous sound it's almost like a yeah that that's the uh, that's the you can if you guys just google this and, and on YouTube everybody's po- uh, pay, uh, posted these sounds but the other one's like for like non like immediate action i think like there's a flood coming you know seek seek higher ground or something like that i think the wheat 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 is like get down under something anyway so those systems are all fed into the the to the um what is it called the uh control rooms for the jr and stuff like that so the second that there's a uh, detected earthquake anywhere around japan they just all slow down and stop and just wait 
And so it's it's really, I mean, I I forgot the, I, maybe this is accurate. Uh, maybe you can Google this, but I think that the Shinkansen has never had a, a fatality in any of their uh, operations. I think that they have a perfect track record. I think there is one recently. I don't think that had to do with like a crash though, but. Yeah, I don't think it had to do with a crash, but there was like a, a death on the ship. Yeah, yeah, something, something oh. happened, but like they've never, I mean, knock on wood, but they never like had a major crash or anything like that. Um, as opposed to like, there was a similar kind of bullet train design, I think in China that like derailed and like killed a bunch of people. Um, but anyway, that, uh, this, this is like one of those things that, you know, I always, I'm kind of cynical sometimes and like sarcastic, but one thing that you got to give it to the Japanese, they know how to engineer and, uh, their trains and buildings are just, you know, they're made for earthquakes. Did you get it? Well, this is an article from last year, but it says that there's never been, uh, an accident that killed someone in the 57 year history yeah so it's i think they have a perfect track record maybe all right let's go to your kind of uh positive-ish news about the earthquake you got two stories yeah uh, so my first story is man in his 80s rescued 36 hours after quake in northeast japan so a man in his 80s uh apparently fell over because of the earthquake and he was conscious and not injured but like unable to stand up and he was just on the ground for uh, 36 hours before one of his acquaintances uh, contacted emergency rescue to like go and check and they went through his window and just found him lying on the floor. So like, you know, we, we make the joke in, in America, at least look, I'm full and I'm, I can't get up. Cause there's like that commercial Life that came, alert. Yeah. That came on. That's okay. If, if you guys, I mean, I, I assume that most people watching the show are not like elderly, but elderly people, um, they really, especially if they're elderly to the age of like 80, when they when their muscles start to, you know, what is the word? Um, atrophy. Atrophy. And then so they start to they start to lose their, their ability to like really like prop themselves up and to really mm. move themselves around. And so elderly people need to always stay in a state of like, not everyone, but some of them need to always stay in a state of like control of what they're doing with their body. So like sitting down where they have handles or like standing where they have like a walker or something like that. And so if you put them in a hard to get up from position, sometimes they just cannot, they don't have the strength to get up. And so there, that's, that commercial exists because there were these cases before and they still are now where elderly, elderly people fall down, maybe they get a little injured, injured, and then they just cannot get up and they just sit like that until, you know, it's like, it's a horrible way to, to die. You don't have uh ads on your youtube account and you always he always brags about it whenever he sees ads on my youtube he's like oh poor man's youtube poor man's youtube but uh have you seen the ad for the apple watch like the emergency ads Uh, i've never seen it oh i've seen like a long ass video on youtube for an apple watch but it was like minutes long they have a lot of uh ads for apple watches and this is like the only time i've actually thought the apple watch is cool it's like they have like real cases where people were in some kind of emergency situation. It's not always just elderly people, but like people who are like, I don't know, like out at sea or something. And then like they need help or something. And it automatically contacts uh, emergency rescue and like has GPS in the, in the watch and everything like that. Or it detects if you fall down. Yeah. So if you fall down, it'll like call you. And then if you don't respond, they'll send like emergency to help you. I was actually, I'm not going to get into why, but I was actually researching the Apple Watch uh, for the, in the case of uh, epileptic seizures. Oh. And there was, um, I, th- I forgot, it, this was years ago. So I think at the time, the only thing that it could really help with is like if you fell down. 
But like, um, but yeah, there's there are a lot of reasons where you would want to have something like that that can co- like automatically contact and call for help. Yeah, like I mean, we were talking about in the case of this elderly man, but honestly, like there are times when like perfectly he- healthy people are uh, become unable to what do you call it? call for help and stuff like that. One, so. of my, one of my favorite Ted talks is uh, by a neuroscientist lady. I forgot her name, but she talks about her stroke and she goes through in very, 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 very like elegant, like uh, eloquent details about all the things that happened to her during her stroke and what she ended up doing. She saved her own life because she was able to call someone on the phone, but just tr- calling someone on the phone became like this incredibly difficult thing for her because of how confused she was and how everything was like, you know, whatever, and so, and she wasn't that old. I think she was probably in her forties or something like that. So that would have been one of those case scenarios where, you know, Apple watch would have totally been yeah. useful. So, but yeah, um, but good that they found him and he seems to be doing okay. So yeah. good job, uh, relatives and rescuers. Yep. Uh, in other news, huge cracks in Tohoku expressway, uh, caused by earthquake fixed the same afternoon. This is crazy. Yeah. I mean, it was the same thing. Uh, Fukuoka. It, Fukuoka. I, I wasn't going to say Fukuoka, but after the uh, big earthquake 11 years ago. Oh. Like, I'm sure anyone who's interested in Japan has seen those pictures where they're comparing like Japan versus my country. And then it shows like the, what do you call it, the result of the earthquake. And then like less than a week later, they fix like an entire highway or something versus like, it's like the same picture twice. Like nothing ever changed after 10 years, but... The the most dramatic one was in Fukuoka. There was a on a, a water leak that caused an entire collapse of an underground structure in the middle of a really 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 busy intersection. Oh, yeah. So it's basically you just see buildings in this giant hole, a giant sinkhole, right? Yeah, that just uh, like just opened up, and it was like I forgot hours later when it was fixed. They like completely. You look at it; it looks like the aftermath of a war, and it's just like. 10 minutes later and Japan's fixed it. I mean, that's like I said, if it comes, if it's pouring concrete or engineering something, they've got it down. Like you just, there's just no, there's just no. Yeah. Like it says that the, there was a tweet that uh, the expressway was repaired at 344 the next day. So that's like what? 15 ish hours after the earthquake. earthquake yeah. That's, I mean, when Japan, Japan's very efficient at a lot of things. And like you said, this is one of those things. That, like, construction. Construction. They do. Yeah. 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 Much better than Hawaii construction. Like, I think there was something, they, they were building a high school when I was in elementary school, like first grade. And I'm like, I'm going to go to this high school. And then like, they finished it like recently. <laughs> <laughs> this is my new school. It's going to be great when I'm bigger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like the, especially the highway system here, because it, it is a, it's not free. That's why you don't call it a freeway here. You call it a highway here. Um, it's like, it costs money and it is not cheap. It is not mm. cheap, but, but they are well taken care of highways. I've never seen anything. Uh, the only problem I've ever seen that on any of the highways, it's like the cops who pull people over for speeding. <gasps> Yesterday I saw a cop that was in a completely non white crown car, like an undercover cop. Where was this? In Temonkai. He was like, I don't know. They're going somewhere. They put on, they just like slapped their light on the top and just started like, like ramming through traffic. It was like a, like Suzuki something. I've heard there were a few like weird police incidents yesterday in various parts of Kagoshima. What do you mean? Like, I, I didn't hear all the details, but there was something in, uh, 
Kishaba area, like, I think there must have been, like, an accident or something, but there was, like, a bunch of police and there were, like, people on the ground and stuff like that. And then last night, like... <laughs> that over, sounds scary as Yeah, shit. I, I, I didn't hear all the details about it, but... And then also in Temmonkong yesterday, there were, like, a ton of, like, ambulances and stuff just driving through. Well, Temmonkong's got a lot of uh, uh, hospitals, so that's not but crazy. It, but it was, like... It was a lot, and it was like just down the street. It wasn't like they were huh. passing by. They they stopped. Hmm. Well, I don't know. I haven't I haven't watched the news in a couple of days. The the news these days has just been like coronavirus, Ukraine, and speaking of Ukraine, Japan. This is actually positive news. So positive news, guys. Japan will be accepting war fleeing Ukrainians without a guarantor. So if you guys don't know this, uh, basically um, almost all of your immigration, long term immigration to Japan requires someone to to claim you as their as being responsible for you and so like it basically if you do something stupid and skip out of the, the country then that japanese person usually uh is held responsible for those people in the case of the visas that happen in, in our companies that's that guarantors me which doesn't really make any sense to me but whatever it's legal and uh as of wednesday uh, japan has accepted 73 evacuates with the guarantor since march 2nd uh, when Prime Minister Fumio Kishida announced that the, the country would open its doors as part of its humanitarian response, according to the government. Um, and so they're going to one of the things that they're doing is uh, any students, Ukrainian students that are already in the country or we're going to come here. They're just like, you know, accepting them, letting them stay and stuff like that. And so that is really good. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm very glad about that. Um, so that is very, very good. So that's positive news. And I want to do one more positive story and then we'll, hit, we'll jump to you. Japan may allow one, uh, 10,000 people per day to enter the country in April. So the, 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 the rub of this is the spread of Omicron has been apparently slowing. So I got I to gotta pick a bone. Some news articles capitalize Omicron. It's not a proper noun. I don't know why it's capitalized in this article, but some people do and other people don't. But anyway, the spread of Omicron has been apparently slowing in many parts of the country and some urban areas such as Tokyo will ha want to have the quasi-emergency antivirus curbs and as scheduled next Monday. And there's actually a, lot, a, big, a big push to have everything in the whole country just go back to normal. Including like, borders that's why they're saying like a, a ten thousand people per day now that's not obviously back to pre-pandemic levels because like i think in 2000 and i don't know like 19 or 18 or something like that they had like some something like 24 million something something visitors or something like that i guess uh, i i should rephrase my question not just borders but i mean like like open public like to the public not just like people who are coming in on like worse work visas and stuff like that just like uh, anybody who wants to come in so what they're doing right now is they're just talking about uh, the students, increasing the students, and then also like with reason people, not not for tourism yet, mm. but but with reason. And so I predict here, here we go. You guys can hold, hold me accountable if I'm wrong about this. I predict by summer. I still think that we're going to get new variants. I think that we're going to get there's there's an emergence of a new variant in uh, Europe. That's a, it's an Omicron variant, but it's even like it's Omicron plus. It's like even more spread spreadable. And so like, uh, I think that we're going to continue to do that until, you know, it's just going to be a thing that we have to live with. And so I think what will happen is, and I've talked about this before, pandemics have two endings. There's a scientific ending where the virus is no longer a threat to the, the population. And then there's the human ending where the humans just go, fuck it. 
we don't want to do this anymore and just go back to life as normal. And I think that that, that human ending is going to happen somewhere around the, the, the summer months this year in Japan. I think the, you'll see tourism uh, surge back around the summer. I mean, I, I do hope it within reason, like keeping people safe and everything, I do hope that we can start doing things and people can start coming to the country because, I mean, one, it's boring, but <laughs> two. Guys, I'm bored. Can yeah, come hang out. I'm bored. <laughs> come hang out. Nah, it's boring, but also just like the economy, Japan's economy is not doing well. <laughs> what are you talking about? You can just keep printing money forever. That's how that works, right? Oh, right, right, right. Right? right? No? No. No. Oh. Well, no, I mean, like, it, it I think what one of the, and we talked about this with uh, Alex, like, I think one of the things that this pandemic has ha- caused in Japan is that the local authorities are actually thinking about what is tourism? You know, what, 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 what do we want to do with this? And if the answer to that question is, let's just cram as many bodies into a small Japanese town as possible regardless of what money that they spend or what they experience or anything like that, that's probably not the direction we want to go. Right. And so I think that going forward, we'll see more like experience-based tourism happening. And I think that we'll see longer stays and things like that. And so, and I, I, I think, you know, like your backpackers and like those kind of tours, uh, tour, like, you know, were you not coming on a cruise ship and things like that? I think that'll probably come back around the summer. Um, the big giant cruise ships and unloading people and stuff like that. I don't know when that's going to come back and I kind of don't want it to come back. Yeah, same. Have you ever been to Kyoto before the pandemic? Yeah, I used to live in Osaka, so. That sucks so bad. I thought it was okay the first couple of times, but then like I went during, well, because I lived in Osaka, I went when it was like not peak busy season. Uh. So I was like, oh, it's pretty nice here. And like we got to do the whole experience, go to all the places. And then I went during, uh, cherry blossom season one year and what is it kiyomizu dera mm-hmm. the it's like one of the most popular tourist destinations in it's the beautiful kyoto. it's the it's a beautiful uh um temple up on the hill that overlooks kyoto and it's got beautiful like they're growing off the cliffs these these sakura trees and it's like a big walk around going through the whole thing and when we, when I went there with my uh, my classmates for the cherry blossom season, we were literally like packed shoulder to shoulder. Like there was someone like so close in front of me that like my nose is touching the back of their head, and we're all just like walking in sync. Like, okay, I can't even pull out my my camera to take oh, pictures. I'm so glad you just said camera. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I couldn't pull anything out. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was garbage. It was hot garbage. So I went there twice. I went there one before the the huge influx of uh, tourism a uh, long, long time ago. And I thought Kyoto was a magical place. This is before Japan really like learned how to like be gimmicky on like tourism and stuff like that. And then I went back another time close to the beginning of the pandemic. And it was just like, I don't want to be here. Get me out of here. It was like tons of people and half of them rolling around little carry cases and shit. I'm like, this is garbage. This is horrible. Like, it sucked. And going to the Golden Pavilion, what is it in Japanese? The King Kakuji. Yeah. That was, oh man. I was just like, no, 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 no. So I don't, I hope that doesn't come back. Yeah. I mean, like, honestly, all those places are beautiful places and it would be great for a bunch of people to come and experience those places. But yeah, like you're saying, the way that they go about experiencing it needs to be rethought i think disney figured this out actually during the pandemic they've reopened their parks in america right and they they put pretty hard limitations on the amount of people that go to the parks before there's actually a really great um 
defunct land it's a youtuber and he did this like why the disney fast pass failed it's like a 45 minute documentary about the disney fast pass and everything it's amazing by the way that's a really funky weird great youtube channel defunct land they talk about all these like old like amusements at like disneyland and other theme parks and like why they failed including some of them that have killed people and stuff like that it's it's anyway it's it's really good um, anyway, so one of the things that Disney tried to do before was like cram as many people into the fucking parks as they could. Right. And like, it's a hor- it's a horrible experience. Like, why would you want to go into a park and stand in a fucking line all day? Right? Yeah. So they figured out, oh, maybe we shouldn't do that. And they also figured out that revenue, there's actually a sweet spot for revenue, right? If there's so many people in the park that they can't buy anything, they're not right. spending money. Right. I mean, yeah, you sold gate tickets, but they're not spending any money in the in the in the park. They get you with the food and all the toys. No, and all no. The... So what Disney did is they just fucking hiked up their their ticket prices. So they're super expensive now. It's like a million dollars to get. I think it's like two hundred dollars. I mean, check it out. But it's like a ridiculous amount of money now, which is fine as long as the experience is great and like you know you know because Disney shouldn't be something that you do every weekend if you go with your family. It should be like something that you look forward to. What is it now? It's like what one seventy five for a, a hopper pass or something like that in America. Apparently, there are tiers right now. That's fun. So, the cheapest tier for a child is a hundred bucks. They're about hundred bucks for adult or a child for the cheapest one, and the highest tier is one hundred and sixty four dollars. Yeah. So anyway, the ticket prices got more expensive, and I guess there's tiers now. Is it like DLC? I don't know what that is. I'm not sure. There, it's like one well, of those. you 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 look that up, and then so so Disney like up their their ticket prices, and then they um, also like reduce the amount of people that are permanently that would come into the park, and like it it seems to be positive like all around. Like you know, people are buying more things, people are enjoying the park more, and so that's really what tourism should be like going forward. Is it should be like. You know, if there's a jillion people in Kyoto at the Golden Pavilion, I just U-turn the fuck and nope the fuck out of there. I was like, goodbye. I didn't spend a dime there. Right? Well, I mean, I don't think you spend any money there anyways. You, you can buy the, uh, what is it called? The uh, Omamori. Yeah, the, yeah, Omamori. What are they called? Yeah. Uh, Protection. Mm, not, not an <laughs> amulet, but <laughs> like a charm, like a lucky yeah, charm. Yeah, lucky charm. That's really not what they are, but it's kind of like a lucky charm. After me, lucky charms. <laughs> and so there's also, there's fortunes that you can buy there. There's all, there's, you can spend money there. Yeah. Okay. But I was just like, no, get, get out of here. And like, the thing is, is like, like Disneyland, there is like roped off pathways. They're like, okay, enter here and then exit through the gift shop. It was, I, just, I was just like, this is the worst Disneyland ever. Yeah. It was awful. And I, anyway, I just, I hope that they, know, they don't bring that back. That that we don't want. And you know, you guys at home are listening to this. If you live here, you know what I'm saying. And if you want to come visit here, I guarantee you, you don't want to have like a zillion people crowding all the areas. Yeah. Having like a very authentic Japanese experience where it's like a full day thing where like you can like have Japanese tea and experience that kind of stuff would be cool. I think, and worth all the money. It's not really worth it if you're just like walking in, taking a photo and leaving. And then like next week you're like, oh yeah, we did that. Oh yeah, that was cool. Anyway, you got a story, Josh. Uh, So Japan is considering relaxing guest number caps for large events, provided that guests don't shout. Yeah. So what do you call it? Recently they had the... uh, Shout in your heart. That was a while ago, but mentioned that. The shout on your heart thing. What oh, was so like there was there was a to- uh, 
don't remember which theme park it was, but there I was, think a, it was USJ. It was either USJ or that one that's uh, uh what's it called? The fuck Fuji Land or whatever. One of those. Anyway, they had like a scary roller coaster and they opened kind of during the pandemic and they're like, everybody, please. They said two things. They said one, wear a mask and two, please shout in your heart or scream in your heart. Maybe something like that. Don't actually scream. That was hilarious. Yeah. But uh, recently, you know, BTS, right? Yeah. I'm not I'm not dead. <laughs> have you heard of Korean pop? <laughs> have, I, have you heard of this place called Korea? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, they recently had a concert. Yeah. And they broadcasted the concerts live uh, throughout Japan. movie theaters yeah, yeah, in was, Japan. Uh, actually, I think it was international. But yeah, yeah. My, one of my ex-girlfriends went to him and posted on, on Instagram. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, a bunch of our students went, but I, when I asked them, I'm like, oh, how was it? They said it was very fun, but they weren't allowed to like Yell. sing along or shout or scream or anything. So like they said the entire time, everybody, they were only allowed to clap. So the entire time, everybody was just like, <laughs> that's it. Seems very boring to me. It sounds like dystopian. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever- it, it reminds me of the North Korean uh videos have you seen those where they're like they're showing like performances in north korea and then everybody just has a straight face and they're just all clapping oh you mean when the idols went to north korea oh yeah <laughs> oh dude that was hilarious but if you actually watch those videos this the, in their entirety like in the beginning the north koreans are like what the fuck are these people doing and then towards the end they're like clapping and they're into it they like it so you know they're just kind of surprised in the beginning there but anyways getting back to the article uh before they were limiting the number of people like to half to a quarter uh, of the max occupants, but it looks like they're going to be getting rid of the restrictions on the number of people, but everybody must wear a mask and they must not talk in a loud voice. So everybody has to kind of whisper. It's kind of weirdly dystopian, the whole thing. Yeah. Mm. That, that BTS concert thing, the one thing it did remind me of was the, uh, the introduction to the Macintosh commercial. Oh, you mean the one that was like supposed in to be nineteen eighty four? Won't be like nineteen eighty four. Yeah, like the the hot the girl who's like the she's got like the hot blonde hair, like short hair, and she's got like I think she's an Olympian or something like that, and she throws a sledgehammer into the screen. Yeah, it's kind of what it reminded me of the BTS thing. Fortnite also did a parody of that. Oh, they did when they were making fun of Apple for taking yeah. uh, uh, fees from the Apple Store, which is ironic because it was originally parodied by Apple. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. It's not parody. It was created by Apple, but yeah. Well, I know, but they were like kind of parodying from the 1984. Well, they were book. using the 1984 book. Yeah. Right. But it, anyways, it, that was a brilliant commercial. I don't think there's been a, a, a commercial like that since. It's just been, it was groundbreaking. Anyway, um, so uh, let's go on to this one. So one thing that's happened during the, the pandemic here is the uh, remote work has really, really increased. And this has actually helped. This has actually affected me. I've spent like most of the last two years sitting in front of my computer at my house with my boxers on. Well, usually my I'm, boxers. I'm glad on. they're on. <laughs> my boxers are usually on. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> and so like most of my dealing with work and everything has just been like calling in and things like that. And, you know, there's various reasons for that, but I got to tell you, it's not been great for my mental health, like sitting in a room by yourself in silence or with a podcast playing or something like that is one has not been great for my Japanese because I haven't really used my Japanese in two years. And then two, it's like, um, I don't know, it's really, really isolating. And so there's and, and another thing is it also it sucks for communication. 
like sometimes I'll visit the school and I'll see you guys and it's just like all the problems come out. So we have all these problems. I'm like, all right, tell me, tell me, tell me. Because, you know, I'm not there in the day to day. And so, so um, there, there's, I don't think remote work is going to go away in Japan. I think it might, in, in fact, increase just because people have realized, oh, hey, we can do this from home. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little mixed on the whole working from home thing. Like, I think if you can do things as efficiently or more efficiently, then you should have the option to do it from home. I think what Josh is saying is if he was at home, he would just sit around and play video games all day. No, I'm saying like if I can do my job from home, then I would prefer to do it, but not all the time because like I also am at the studio, our studio here and am editing videos for like, I don't know, 10 hours at a time. And I like, I hit a point, I hit a wall where I'm just like, I need to talk to somebody and I'll just like leave for 15 minutes go find somebody i know and talk to them for a few minutes like you it's i don't know it's hard to just sit by yourself so so one of the things that i like to think about in that situation is the smoke break okay back in the day you know you'd sit at your desk for a couple hours and do something and then like you know every two hours or so you go for like a 10 minute smoke break talk to some other people who are also smoking and then you come back to your desk and you kind of feel refreshed okay now that people don't smoke anymore and if you do stop please um but uh now that we don't smoke anymore so much we do the social media break where we take out like 10 minutes five minutes to look at facebook twitter something like that or in your case just get up and like socialize and stuff like that that's important that's absolutely important to the rhythm of work like you need to have that kind of socialization where you're you know just kind of giving your mind a little break a little refresher maybe get a coffee or something like that that's all really really important and that's why all these silicon valley uh startups build their offices so that there's these things called these random uh encounters or random collisions and so like which is mm, there's data that supports both sides of that but anyway so basically like if you're a finance guy and all of a sudden there's a programmer guy and you like randomly collide in some part of the building you guys might hatch a really unique and interesting idea People right. who normally wouldn't interact with each other. Right. Just be like, oh, hey, what are you working on? Yeah. Oh, well, do you think about doing that? Oh, I've never thought about that oh, before. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. Right. And so with you, if you're doing something like editing is a creative job, okay? It, it, it's draining. You have to be in a right mental place to do it. Otherwise, you're going to do a terrible job at it, right? Yeah. So if you're like kind of getting exhausted by it, you need that pickup, you can go, you know, chat somebody up at work. There's nothing wrong with that. It's totally fine. As long as you understand that that's a need that you have. And this is one of the things that sucks about remote work is that that doesn't happen. Right. And the random collisions don't happen. And the collaborations kind of hurt. Right. Right. And so one of the things that Japan is trying to do, and again, but the thing is, I don't think remote work is going to go away just simply because it's actually more cost efficient for some jobs to keep them home. Because if you don't have to have a big box in the middle of Tokyo where a bunch of people sit in front of a computer. Right. Well, that's a cost saving, so you don't have to do it. So some companies have opted to just keep things remote, permanently remote. Anyway, and so they developed this... As prolonged teleworking due to the coronavirus pandemic leaves remote workers feeling isolated, which is true. I feel I it's it's kind of finishing now, so I'm I'm getting more. I'm I'm seeing people. You know, I'm going outside. I'm actually here, Mitch. This I is know, real. I know, dude. The other day, I was like outside in the sun. I was like, oh, oh, that's what that's like. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I'm mostly kidding about this, by the way. Uh, an increasing number of Japanese companies are using online services such as personal consulting software to look after their employees' mental well-being. It sounds really scary, but listen. Using software provided by, we don't need to say the company's name, a female worker in her 20s at NTT Communications, the internet com- company here that owns everything, uh, has a 30-minute discussion online with her boss every other week. It helps in dealing with the day-to-day minor work problems. 
Uh, users of the software register topics that they want to discuss with their superiors in advance, book an appointment, and send in memos or other files if they wish. I actually like that. Because one thing that you guys always want is more if you need me for something, if you need time or like, you know, like consult or something like that, it's like you guys should have that time. Absolutely. And pre-pandemic, the way that that worked is I just like had a rotating schedule. I took you guys out for dinner. Like, all right, it's like Wednesday, it's Josh's day. Let's right. go out and get yakiniku or something. Yeah. And then we have some beers, talk talk about shop and stuff like that. But, you know, during the pandemic, it's, it's been limiting. Right. Yeah. You know, but, you know, software can I mean, help, it's, right? It's no yakiniku, but I mean, it's better. What did we always used to go eat? Yakiniku, was it? We would eat yakiniku. We would eat tebosaki, chicken wings. Oh, dude, we got, guys, we got this place. It's called Miracle Chicken Wings here. It's so, it's so bad for you. It's terrible. <laughs> it's, so, it's like super cheap. It's what, it, what was it? It was like less than 3,000 yen, right? It's 2,500 yen, so 25 bucks. Less than 25 bucks for all you can eat chicken wings of a bunch of different flavors. Some all, of them are you, way better than others. Yeah, this is true. All you can drink uh, alcohol and then like unlimited sides like french fries and edamame. And, and this that. is for two hours. Right? For two hours, yeah. And they give you markers to write on the wall. That's for, true. Because they're like, we don't need to decorate it if you guys decorate it for us. Yeah, I miss that. Yeah. Do you remember how disgusting we were crammed in there? Yeah, I'm thinking about now how I'm like, I'm like touching the... All the table stuff, and then I eat with my hands. <laughs> yeah, there was oh, no God. alcohol anywhere at that time, too. Like spray hand yeah, alcohol. Yeah, just this alcohol. Nor well, yeah, but I don't know if that kills the. It kills the feelings, but kills the feelings, kills the sadness. No, and so like it was fun, you know, just like shoot the shit, and sometimes you get into an argument with your coworkers, whatever. But you get it out there, and then it's done, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you move on with your life. It was a much more. I think mentally healthy time for us. And then the pandemic kind of killed all that. Oh, we used to go to that place, the Korean cheesy. What is that thing uh, called? Cheese Takarubi. Takarubi. Is that the actual, what is it called in Korean? I don't know. I, we, I don't know. I don't know. But <laughs> anyway, cheese Takarubi is so good. I don't even know what it is, but it's great. I have no idea what's in it. It's cheese and stuff. It's like spicy cheese, soupy, meat, dip, dip, and vegetables. Chicken. and It's so good. That was good. What other places do we miss? We're going to make you guys hungry. I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, yakiniku is a big one for me. I miss going to yakiniku. Tsurichi, though, I missed that place because it was sumiyaki, uh, charcoal, yakiniku, and um, and really good meat. And the owners were from Amami Oshima, and they were like these darling people. I loved them. I went to, actually, when they closed, they had closed during the pandemic. I actually went there for like last kampai with the, with the master, and like I got teary-eyed. Like I was like, like, like tears are coming out of my eyes. I was like, this was like a place that we went to and it's gone. But he said he's going to bring back uh, a washoku yasan, a Japanese restaurant. That's cool. A Japanese restaurant in Japan? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. When, when, when all the restrictions and everything are over, what are you going to go eat? Everything. I don't know. There's like, I've realized that because I, I'm, I'm good at cooking, but I'm not really good at cooking Japanese food. That I haven't eaten. Wait, you too? <laughs> I I don't make a lot of Japanese food, so like I haven't eaten good Japanese food in a while. Uh, like sushi, like I never really ever craved sushi that much, but like that's one thing that I haven't really eaten in the past couple of years. I'm just like, yeah, eating some sushi sounds nice, and I don't know, all Japanese food basically. Well, what we'll do is like you know probably next couple maybe three or four weeks from now i think that everything's going to kind of just be like ah, okay let's just and then you know i gotta take you to uh slow food haru oh uh, yeah 
We got to go there. That place is so good. You guys, if you ever come to Kagoshima, there's a place called Slow Food Haru. And it means, it sounds exactly what it is. Like you go there, you relax, eat slowly, enjoy the atmosphere, propose to your girlfriend or talk I, to her. I didn't propose to her there, but. I you, you, you talk to the dad there. Yeah. Met the dad there. All right, let's go to a kind of, I don't know how I feel about this story, but this one happened here in Kagoshima and it's anglers. This is what this news source is calling fishermen. Anglers, including boy, jump into sea after boat catches fire in Kagoshima. So the it's basically what happens: a, a boat with a boat with a captain and 15, fourteen anglers on board caught fire on Sunday afternoon in the Kagoshima Prefecture in uh, Makurazaki, and then everybody jumped into the boat after the boat. It's kind of cold, right? It's not so cold, I guess. It's but, not so bad right but now. The ocean's probably cold. Yeah. So everybody jumps in the water. They get rescued. No serious like injuries. And so the nine people were taken to hospitals, including there was a young boy as well. Uh, and the eight other men in the 30s to 60s uh, uh, were fine. Everybody was okay after that. But the reason why I wanted to bring this up, two reasons. One, is because it's from Kagoshima. And two, and two, since I got my boat license in Japan with uh, Tokyo Lens's norm, if you guys haven't seen the episode, check it out on his, on his channel. <laughs> uh the one of the things that they teach you <laughs> and i actually got this wrong on the practice test I, I couldn't believe that it was the actual answer but they're like in the case that you run out of fuel or that you're stranded and just kind of like adrift okay in your boat yeah like they're they're like it basically gave it says like which one of these things should you not do and it gives you all these things and it went a b c d and i got to c and i didn't read d but I got to C and I was like, oh, it's got to be C. C was like, what did it say? It's like, put like oiled or or like oily rags or something like that into a garbage can or a can and light them on fire. Okay. To produce smoke so you get rescued. I mean, if it's a controlled fire, it no, makes just, sense. Just, 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 that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I was just like, that's so dumb. D was even worse. I forgot what D was. It was like swim to shore or something like that. <laughs> and then like, but I circled C and I was like, that's no way. And then like, I got it wrong. I was like, what the fuck? You refer to the manual, this giant manual. And I'm like going through it. And it is indeed a recommended thing to do if you're stranded at sea is to like make smoke by setting something on your boat on fire. I mean, it kind of makes sense <laughs> no, if you think about it. No, no, no. <laughs> It's so bad. I mean, if your boat's on fire, then someone's going to see that. Yes, somebody will see that. You're supposed to have a flare on your boat at all times. In fact, you're supposed to uh, inspect your, your boat for various things, including registration, life vests, and a flare every single time. And so, like, you should be able to... And also, everybody, my boating license only allows me to go, I think, 20 clicks from the shore. So, like... How far is a click? It's a kilometer. Oh, okay. 20 kilometers from the shore. I didn't know what it Maybe it's was. 20 nautical miles because weirdly enough, a lot of the stuff is like made by the British and the Americans. So there's miles and stuff. Okay. Anyway. And so like cell phone service totally works. So it's okay for me. I'll just call. You don't call the police though. You call the Coast Guard. Unless you're in a lake, then you call the police. You have to learn these things. What's the what's the number for a Coast Guard in Japan? Zero, zero, one. Or no, one, zero, zero. Don't quote me on that. I think it's, <laughs> uh, I think it's zero, one, one, I think it's. Or zero, one, seven. Just type in Google any it. number. Google it. Zero, one, <laughs> any seven. Any combination of zeros and I ones. I learned this. I just completely forgot it because it's like, we, I don't know. It's somewhere. You can Google it. It's like, I think it's maybe... 117. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> I don't remember. Coast Guard number Japan. 
Anyway, while you're doing that, uh, I wanted just to say, please don't set your boat on fire. And I'm glad that all those people are okay. And by the way, if you've never been fishing in Japan, it's one of the most amazing experiences ever because I catch all the fish and Josh just looks there sad. I was filming. That's true. Oh, uh, Fatoshi's in town. We might go fishing. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. Uh, Coast Guard is 118. Well, what's 117? There is no 117. Well... Whatever. It's a 110 for police, 118 for the Coast Guard, 119 for, for emo- fire, ambulance, emergency, emergency. rescue. And so it's 118, guys. The more you know. I learned this, okay? I just forgot it. You call yourself a seaman. No, I don't. I call myself a skipper because that's what you're technically called, a skipper. Dude, like, as I was studying all this stuff, they're like, in Tokyo Bay, here's all the rules. I was like, I'm never boating in Tokyo Bay. I'm like, although Norm did, and he's got a video on it. It's actually pretty cool. But, like, I'm like, I'm never going to boat in Tokyo Bay. I'm like, I'm only going to boat in Kagoshima or the islands down here. Like, I'm like, and it's pretty safe. I mean, we've, we've gone out on the boat, what, once now? Yeah, I went once. I mean, yeah. It was oh, but a I, very I, small boat. <laughs> it's a very small boat. It, it is like a toy boat, the rental boat that you have. But Fatoshi's boat, my, I have a friend named Fatoshi. We, he's like a he's like, oh, he's a business owner that comes down here and like basically parties for a week or two and goes back up to where, whatever he's doing. But he's got a boat parked in the bay here. And he's like, Mitch, if you learn how to drive it, you can, you can basically keep the keys while I'm not around. I'm like, okay. First time I tried to park his boat in his little tiny spot, it was like yelling time for him. He was like, don't, what are you? And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> it's a huge boat. It's really big. It's got a toilet and a room on and everything. Anyway. Do you like plastic models? Puramo? What are they called? Puramo deru? Puramo? Puramo? I forgot what they're called. But you yes. You with all your weird Japanese names? No, no. I'm telling you. It's a fucking word. Anyway, continue. Have you ever built a plastic model? Yes. Do you know where the plastic model capital of Japan is? Huh? It's, yeah, because I picked the story, but I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Japan's plastic model capital installs working plastic model style payphones. So we'll put some of these photos on the video podcast. They're hilarious. Yeah. So in Japan, they have plastic models where they're like all linked together with the plastic rim. I don't know how you would describe that. So whenever you make something in plastic, it's called uh, mold injected plastic. And so when you inject the plastic, basically everything needs to be touching it inside the mold. It has to all like travel through. Like you can just imagine water going through a system of like little channels and stuff like that. So the little bars are not only there to keep it together, but they're also the supply route for where the plastic enters the little mold. And then that's where you get the, the plastic model. So they make those by like basically casting yeah, they cast the mold, right? And I then, see. And then they, they, they clamp them together and eject plastic into them. Oh, that's interesting. And then they unt- they take them off and they have the little plastic model. model. But it, basically, uh, Shizuoka City is installing all of these payphones, uh, which I'm surprised that they're like making payphones in Japan still. I, thought, I, there's a, I think there's a rule for them that you have to have them in cases of emergency in some places or something like that. I see. Well, yeah. anyways... Uh, they're making all of their payphones look like giant plastic models. And so we're showing some of the pictures on the YouTube podcast now, but it looks pretty cute. Like it looks like a good like photo opportunity. And and it's got this cute little like placard on it. It says, it says, what's the name of the city again? Uh, Shizuoka city. Shiz- Shizuoka. It says Shizuoka, a model city is yeah. what it says. on it. It's so cute. I was like, oh, that's cute. Anyway, I like pl- plastic models. 
I think it's poodle, poo, poo, whatever, whatever. It doesn't matter. Let's get on to the kind of controversial one here. Um, and uh, we'll see if you guys have a hot take on this. So there was this like this campground and uh, in, in Japan here where it's in Kotaroiwa camping ground. See, I told you guys I'm shit at reading Japanese and English. Um, and uh, they had this rule because they basically didn't want people to come to the camping ground and have like giant like bro parties. Okay. That's it. That's 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 the reason why this rule exists. They they don't don't come here and make a big bro party. So they wanted to keep the campgrounds for like couples or like families and things like that. They want to keep it clean, basically. Right, right, right. So they made this really stupid rule. Where it's like you have to be a couple or parent and child to 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 stay there. And the way that they cut they they defined a couple was a man and a woman because if you and ten of your bros. All like, cause like these like campgrounds like two people per whatever unit. It's like if you and another dude, and there's another dude, and another dude, another dude, and this becomes a bro party, right? So they're like, we want couples to come here. So a couple is a man and a woman. What if it's like ten people, but they're like nine men and one woman? Then you can't do it, according to the rules that were actually changed, so you can now. But before you couldn't. Okay. Okay. You had to like. Unless you're a family, you had to like one and one, you know. You had the Noah's Ark it. You had a Noah's Ark it, <laughs> dude. That's the fucking title for the show. You got a Noah's Ark it. Anyway, so a same sub, uh, same sex couple went there. This this blew up on Twitter. This is why this is a news story. But a same sex couple went there, and they're like, nope. And they're like, why? They're like, you're not a couple. Couple is defined as a man and a woman. It's in the rule book. We have it. It's printed somewhere. And, like, they had no intention of discriminating against homosexual people. They just didn't think about this when they were making the rule back in the 1980s or whatever. And once the rule is set, then... It's forever. Yeah. We got to always follow the rule. Unless yeah. everybody at Twitter gets really, really angry at us, and then we're scared, and then we suddenly change it. And that's what happened. Good, good job, guys. So what's the new rule? Just, you still have to be a couple, but you can be a same-sex couple. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. So well, I mean, like... I understand the reasoning for it, that they want to make it a place that's like good for families and stuff like that. This has changed now, but when I was a child, I'm not, not actually not kidding. Uh, when I was, when I was in my twenties. Okay. And, uh, me and a friend try to stay at a love hotel because love, if you guys don't know this, Japanese love hotels are like places you go to do your taxes. <laughs> you go, you go to, you could, you could imagine what you do in a love hotel. But they're like by the hour and they can sometimes be a lot cheaper than staying in a normal hotel and way more fun. And so like you can. So what our my plan was with this d dude that I was traveling with was like, hey, let's just go to Love Hotel for like a couple hours crash. Just a couple hours. Just a couple <laughs> hours. There's nothing gay about this whatsoever. I mean, if there is a little bit cares? gay. But anyway, I'm just yeah, I'm just saying but this is it's completely platonic. OK, anyway, like there's usually not staff at the love hotels there's like a like an automated system for you to get your room or if there is staff they're like they can't see you they only see your hands have you ever been to a love hotel i haven't no. wow you should go you want to go together <laughs> <laughs> only if it's platonic <laughs> I, I need to do my taxes <laughs> <laughs> anyway before at the love hotels like they would reject you if you were two guys because really? like they didn't want you to use it as like a short stay like business hotel essentially so it wasn't like against like gay couples or anything it was more well, more because they just didn't think gay i mean maybe some places were discriminatory mm -hmm. who knows but 
I think it was just mostly because they're just like, oh, you're not a couple. Mm. And so anyway, like we went there and they're like, oh, you, we don't do two guys. You can't stay here. And like my friend, even though neither of us are gay, was just livid. He's like, what is this discrimination? <laughs> and I was just like, dude, it's cool. We'll just go to like an upper hotel, which is basically a love hotel. Screw you, upper hotel and your silly, silly manager, owner, lady. Doesn't matter. At least they let you in. <laughs> now it's totally cool. Now it's like most places are like same sex friendly. Uh, they just don't allow like, you know, parties, which is really sad because there's a love hotel here in Kagoshima that has like this entire top floor with like a swimming pool inside and stuff. And I've always wanted to have like a just huge, not a sex party, just a party party there. That does make, uh, that's a good point though, that uh, hotels in Japan, they charge you by the person. By the person, yeah. Instead of by the room. I mean, probably to prevent you from doing those things and and other reasons, like all reasons that we can talk about in a different episode. Sleeping with my friend, you mean? What? What? No, I mean, like, they charge you by the person so that they can, like, provide food yeah, and yeah, all yeah, that, yeah, right? Yeah. But, but it reminded me, like, oh, yeah, like, when I was in high school and we would go to other islands for conventions and stuff like that, we would rent one room and then there would be, like, 15 of us sleeping in that room. Yeah, that's what we did when we were like, you know, when you're young and you're traveling and you're, you're doing whatever. Yeah. Even for our prom. So for prom, we rented a giant, with Vegas, okay? We, we rented a giant 30 person stretch, like suburban limo. And then we stayed in this giant corner suite in a huge hotel. And there was like 50 of us and we're all drunk. Why did they let me do this? Like, anyway, it was all on my credit card when I was 18. Anyway, so that's what you do in America. But like in Japan, they're like counting you as you go in. Yeah. All right, here we go. So I'm going to do the last story and then I'm going to share my little rant from before. And it's, it's going to be my little hot take for just a second. So new floating 3D signs in Japanese train station make you feel like you're in a video game. You, you guys just have to watch this on the YouTube version of the podcast. Uh, if not, just Google this. Uh, but yeah, it's they're like trick art. So they like pop up and they look like they're floating. Kind of like you're playing like a game of like Mario Kart or something. Trick art is kind of a big thing in Japan, isn't it? Yeah, they really like it, don't they? Like I, I've seen in multiple prefectures they have trick art museums really really like it but anyways uh if you are a what do you call it, an audio listener uh we do include all of the articles in the description of the audio oh, podcast yeah. so you can just click on it there yeah yeah okay so how do we start this rant of mine if you guys want to tune out now it's fine but listen so like i have this i have this business meeting that i need to go talk to the owner of a of a, of a restaurant of uh izakaya and it's it's for a media related thing he's also involved in media and stuff like that and so i want to go talk to this guy so i set up a day to go there i set up another person to take there that wants to see him so it's like gonna be the three of us right and then suddenly i get a phone call from it's like let's say it's like on a eight o'clock on a on a friday okay suddenly i get a phone call from him he's like which means like you know i i i mean i don't mean to you know he's like what would it be like this is an uncomfortable thing like I, I, I'm sorry to call you and bother you, but this is a really uncomfortable thing. And I was like, I was like, nani nani, dosa dosa. I was like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And he's like, niya honti mazikoto mazikoto, iitakunai nani kedo. And I was like, okay, what? And he's just like, yeah, well, you know how you had a reservation for five minutes from now? And I was like, yeah. He's like, well, your ex fiance just walked in and sitting right in front of me, kind of thing. And I was like, oh, that's uncomfortable. Because let's just say that that relationship didn't end in, you know, like you know, it friendship. I haven't talked to her since the ending of that relationship. I think this is the first official. When I'm talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, that didn't work out. So whatever. And I'm not going to get into the details of why it didn't work out. I mean, like that's, I don't want to air dirty laundry and I again, wish her all the best and I'm cheering for her. Hope that she has a beautiful, wonderful life. 
Uh, but, but he calls me to tell me basically don't come here because your, your ex-fiance sh- showed up, which is fine, which is totally fine. In fact, nice job looking out, trying to avoid an uncomfortable conversation, uh, you know, like, what is it? Uh, meeting and cool. Good. Cool. She leaves. She ended up leaving. Um, she just stayed for a little bit. And so he calls me. He's like, okay, you guys can come down, blah, 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 whatever. And so I was like, okay, cause I did have something to talk about with him. And so I get there. And the thing that we're talking about right now is we're not talking about my private life. We are going to talk about my private life, but it's, we're talking about, I want to talk about sexism in this country. Okay. Sexism in this country. We talked, we've talked about this several times before, but one of the weirdest things that, that falls into the sexism category here in Japan is that there's this complete, like, um, it's almost like a characterization of women that they're stupid and that they're not responsible for themselves. And it's like, I forgot what that principle is. Oh, I'm kicking myself for not knowing this. You should Google it. But there's like this principle. It's basically, it's a test. It's not a principle. It's a test. And it's basically like, does the story have two female characters who talk to each other without the inclusion of talking about a male? I forgot the name of the test, but it's basically, that's what it is. And, uh, I don't know how to pronounce that. Bechtel test? Yeah, Bechtel test, whatever. So that's, you know, that's, once you think about that test for just a second, you start to look at all the media that we consume. You're like, wow, there is really no time when two women characters talk to each other about not a man. Mm. And it's just like, wow. Right. And it just blows your mind. Just, the second you notice that you're like, oh my God, I didn't see all the sexism that's all around me all the time. Okay. Let's get back to Japan. So in Japan, they honestly think that women, not everyone, but there's this like common feeling amongst men and women that women are just kind of waiting around for a man to direct them. And so there's no responsibility whatsoever that falls upon it. And this is again, stereotyping big blanket statements here, but this is, you know, just like a generalization, but there's like no responsibility that falls upon them. And I've seen this, not just in my life, but I've seen this in other people's lives that if there's a relationship with a man and a woman, and it falls apart or there's a problem, it doesn't matter what the girl does, it's the guy's fault. Because the woman is seen, she's so dumb or stupid or whatever, that she can't possibly be responsible for her own actions. So here, let me give you an example. This is not what happened between me and my ex, don't, don't, don't confuse that. But here's just an example. Let's say you got a boyfriend and girlfriend and the girlfriend's cheating. Okay. In any world, in any place in the world, bad girl. Right. cheating is wrong cheating is wrong in japan a lot of people will think what is the boyfriend doing to make that girl cheat Mm. all of a sudden the girl is not a human being with rights and a brain and like like general like will what is it like her own you know free will will, right she's just reacting to the to the output of this man who's a real person that's one example here's another example so you'll have like you know, maybe a wife is, maybe you're married and the wife is just a fucking bitch. She's just a bad person. And like every single day, the, the husband who's like working really hard comes home and she's just a fucking terrible, awful person to him. No one ever thinks in Japan, you know, that woman should maybe get some help, go to counseling, anger management, figure her shit out, be a happier person. No. Why are you making your wife so angry? What are you doing to make your wife this, this way? Do you understand what I'm saying? It's never, let's focus on the woman and see what's wrong with her, ever. And this is, again, men and women both do this. And I was just sitting there thinking because I was having a conversation with this, this restaurant over who he just saw my ex. And then I come in and he's kind of drunk. 
And he's fucking digging into me for everything that happened in the relationship and as in the context of it's all my responsibility. Mm. And when I pointed that out to him, I said, dude, it takes two to tangle. And, you know, and in all fairness, I'm, you know, I, I'm, we, everybody has responsibility for things that happen in the relationship. But I'm like, I don't understand how her actions, her decisions, you know, or any woman's decisions could be just mine or some man's responsibility. Like, if you go home and your fiance just like belts you in the face, you're not gonna be like, hmm, geez, did I make her do that? I really need to think about my life. You know, you'd be like, what's wrong with you? Right. Right. I mean, now, of course, they're like, when you're in a couple, people do react to, uh, to each other. But sometimes people, again, this is not my, my situation, but sometimes in a relationship, a girl can just be an awful person. Right. It happens. And it's not because the guy is making it happen. It's just because she's an awful person. The reverse of this is absolutely true. If a guy is acting like a complete fucking asshole and cheating, it's his decision. Oh, he's a cheater. It's not, oh, is his wife a bad wife? Is she like good and like, like, like satisfying him sexually? She will never have responsibility for anything that happens because she's not a person. I mean, it's like every single time I get, and this, this happens in a, a lot of different flavors, but every single time this happens to me, I just look at them like, what do you think women are? Do you think they're just like, like NPCs that are act like that exist around us for the men? Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Have you seen this in your life? I haven't seen it in my life yet. So I'm, I can't really comment too much about it, but I do notice that there is a lot of like emphasis on like the men, no matter like what the situation is like on the news and stuff like that when they say like oh this person cheated they say like okay well like and the, all the emphasis is like on the man in the relationship right. more than the the girl I well, guess because the girl's not a person you know she doesn't count or, or she's always like the victim or she's always like kawaii or, or, or whatever or just oh she's too dumb to know it's like she's just they just write off the female in the situation and then they're like oh but that logical in charge man he's the bad one and I'm just like why do you guys think this in the West? You know, I think because feminism, you know, women standing up and saying like, I'm a person too. If you were in the situation where like, you know, if, if a woman was always having to be seen through the context of the actions of a man, they'd be like, fuck you. I'm my own person. I can make my own decisions. I live my own life. Yeah. I mean, uh, we talked about it in our patron, uh, video, but one of our patrons asked us questions about like sexism and feminism in Japan, and that's going to be a future talk. Yeah, we'll, we should we'll do. talk about that one soon, and yeah. we'll talk about this a little bit more. Yeah, but like, I just, I just remember, like, the, I was really pissed off at this last week, and I really wanted to talk about it, but we were like, me and Alex, I think had a, like you know fun time, and I didn't think about it. But yeah, really, oh, you didn't have a fun time. No, no, no. I just promised them last week that we'd talk about it this week. I get it. And so, it's like. A- it's just it just made me like it blew my mind and i i just straight up asked the question i was like so what and this is back to my personal life but i said okay what is she responsible for and he had to think about it he was just like nothing i was like oh that must be really nice anyway because this show kind of went negative at the end here i'm kind of kind of pissed off we'll give you guys something fun to watch bonus bonus all right guys see you guys bye go check it whoa Hi. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hayato. Hello. Nice, nice to see you. Nice to see you. Hello. Blast from the past. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah. I mean the phrases. We we used it on the radio today. What are you doing here? Uh, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Pal. Okay. I just came here to use the toilet. All right. <laughs> 
I don't have time. All right. right. Hi, Hayato, you got to promise that you're going to come back and be on the show one day. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. I think your last episode was like almost a year ago. Maybe more. This is maybe more. Yeah. You should come back and do an episode. Yeah, sure, sure. Well, I mean, you know, I've been I've been looking at my phone. <laughs> been waiting the whole time. Like, I get no phone calls. All right, we'll we'll bring you back. We'll bring you back. Yeah. Before Natsuki uh, comes back uh, from her maternity leave, we'll bring you back on. That's right. Yeah. Get uh, call my manager first, though, man. <laughs> Busy. Busy. AF, man. All right. Don't you have to use the toilet now? All right. Yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. Okay, bye. All right, bye. <laughs>